Welcome to the Digital Critical Gaming Podcast. I'm Kyle, your guide through this ever-evolving world. Whoa. Yeah. Ever-evolving. <laughs> ever-evolving. Um, did you roll your d20 for initiative? Because I know I did. I'm oh joined by Corey Andrews. Hello, everyone. Otherwise known as Star Squeaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be our <laughs> new name, nickname for me in our little guild i wonder why and that I other disembodied why. voice was dan bailey hello otherwise known as ariel the guy that can play any class <laughs> no i can play very few classes i can play different roles i can play very few classes it's Make just a good thing that star squeaker will not be making appearance on this podcast today and i think many of you will be happy about that yes we'll, we're very very happy that star squeaker will not be making appearance because trying to edit that out would be a nightmare just yep. pitch the whole thing down we'd have really low pitched manly voices and star would be normal there we go everyone would gain the age of puberty <laughs> On today's podcast, Joystick Shuts Down. Boo-ray. Boo-ray. Sony, SOE, Sony Online Entertainment, decides to change their name. And Elite Dangerous Beta 1.1, or how not to get people to test your product. With that, we'll get right in on our first topic. Joystick Shuts Down. Aww. Not cool. No. Not cool at all. I don't care if they weren't making money. The content they provided was awesome, and they also avoided the clickbait titles. Also, I'm going to be clicking on their website and going to a dead website for months now. It's just... Yes. <laughs> you can just it's go to their website and look at the little... Um, just the little read all their tombstone. old articles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've been thinking about just listening through all their old podcasts, just like... Cause Everyone knows gaming news from 2008 is the best gaming news. And it's, it's just... still relevant. Like, you <laughs> it know, was a good year. It's just like, yeah. Guild Wars just released, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I know they were a daily read for me between Joystick and Massively. So if you haven't heard of Joystick, you've probably heard of Massively. Same company. Um... Apparently, AOL doesn't know how to run a tech company anymore. No surprise there. <laughs> and decided to shut them down because they weren't making enough money. Um, from my understanding, they were at least breaking even. So maybe with some slight changes, like they could have been been making profit. I wonder if we ditched all of our internet service providers and went to AOL online... I wonder if they'd bring back joystick friends. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do instead? I just I don't know. Is there any replacement? It's just They were pretty unique because like I said they avoided the clickbait titles. Yep. They researched all their stuff extremely thoroughly. Like I don't know of any huge gaffes in what was reported there and what was reality. Mhm. Um and they always had really good views on on stuff that happened in the gaming world especially with massively massively man they were right on top of everything worst part is from what i saw when like the news broke of it shutting down like last week i think it was mm -hmm. 
it's like they hadn't even told the guys at Joystick they were shutting yeah. the news broke to the world before it broke to the people. And they were just like, uh, we're not sure. Hold on a sec. We're just going to check this out. It's just, oh, that's not cool. That, that's, that's not, not how, how you, you do it. Things. Yeah. Like I said, AOL, they just don't know how to run anything. I'm sorry. That That's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to website, noob. Just yeah. I hope everyone gets new jobs relatively quickly. Obviously, because you know being out of work sucks, and it's just mm. apparently being really bad. And we as the gaming, to... sorry, go ahead, Ariel. <laughs> apparently, all the guys from Massively went to a website called Massively OP, which is down at the moment. And so, did they form a new massively? I think they must have done. Maybe. All the guys from Wow Insider have gone to BlizzardWatch.com. Okay. So that's we'll two. Of them. I don't out. don't know about um, Joystick itself as in the main website. Yeah, there was a lot of people working on. It's just important for us as the gaming community to respect the workers and the amazing work they did and understand that they're mm -hmm. now going through a hard time trying to find new work. And yeah. while we may show our frustration and upset and um, sadness towards the closing, they will hopefully find something new that they enjoy uh, working on and we'll be glad to be able to read their new content coming on wherever they may find uh, new work. Yeah. But it also gives us a chance, you know, you can come read our reviews, you can check out our stuff. Mm -hmm. I am spooling up our, our written side of things on digitalcriticalgaming.com. Um, hopefully these guys will help to contribute more, which would be awesome. I'm going to hopefully be putting some more Flight Simulator content. I know a lot of you are probably more interested in world of warcraft but i hope to contribute another aspect which would be interesting. you know people need to broaden their horizons if wow is all they know there's a whole other world of gaming besides warcraft <coughs> aerial <coughs> late dangerous <coughs> sandbox <coughs> sorry no, about that. I yeah but sandboxes <laughs> confuse and dismay him i just i just feel without some kind of thing pulling me along I just I feel very little drive to push forwards when there are other games. There are so many games out there I haven't played which do have stories to pull me along, and I'd far rather experience a decent story than craft my own one because I am incredibly lazy. Okay, I know I'm going off track here, but Ariel, I will tie a little rope to my ship and you can <laughs> your own storyline and adventure. There, now you have a reason to come in. Well. At least with Elite, it's different when you're playing with a group of people. Granted, yes. there aren't any grouping mechanics in the game per se, but when you have a group of people all in the same general area as you and you can talk to them over a voice chat, you can go, hey guys, I just found this really lucrative trade route. Why don't you jump on it before it dries up? Or it'll be like, wow, I have to go fight an Elite Anaconda, which is the largest one of the large ships in the game. It's a very tough fight for just one person. And you can get help from the other people around you. So it, it, it's not necessarily a storyline per se, 
but there are news articles that pop up that give you a lot of backstory and a lot of here's what's current in the world because it is ever-changing in that game. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not lack of story, it's a... It's a it's a story as a here's what's going on versus a here's the story here's what you can do these are the only three things you can do and your choices don't matter which is the <laughs> typical theme park <laughs> wherein in in elite if I go into Kappa Fornicanus and do missions for patrons principles well I can increase their influence over that system. And have the system flip from being an alliance, or federation, one or the other, I forget which one <laughs> Capofornicanus was, and actually have it flip to be an empire system. You wouldn't be able to do that in a theme park. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's just... It's... When it comes down to that, it's just like, that's still just numbers, really. You can see the numbers behind it. But you um, have the power an, to an do it. An example I'm going to give is the difference between Fallout 2 and Fallout 3. When in Fallout 3, you went into a radioactive area, you got a little stat boost, a little stat thing popping up as your radiation levels increased, eventually getting hundreds of minus things. And it wasn't very good for you and it impacted gameplay. That's fine. Fallout <clears> 2, <throat> if you went into a radioactive area, you wouldn't get this. You'd just get when you went to sleep the next day, you're going, you wake up with hair on your pillow. And it's just like, what? No, I've got radiation poisoning. And next <laughs> thing you know, you slowly get the symptoms of dying of radiation poisoning. It's, I don't like number-based stuff in games. I like the words and the descriptive stuff. It's just sort of, and I don't think you can really do that in a sandbox game. It's always a number, it always has to be a number-based system. But you seem to like World of Warcraft. That's numbers based if I ever saw it. World of Warcraft is a difficult one because it's it... very difficult to identify your armor item level. You need to know the oh, difference yeah. between six hundred and twenty and six hundred and twenty one. <laughs> it's not the gear I play it for. <laughs> World of Warcraft has a really interesting story told in the worst possible way. <laughs> okay, I agree with that. It's like Blizzard write amazing stories and create amazing worlds and then it's almost as if they go out of their way to tell to it, it badly hard. and yeah. it's just like oh come on guys you, you know who else is really good at telling story badly or in a, a bad form that you have to go elsewhere to read it sony online entertainment nice <laughs> <laughs> because they had lore they had lore in almost all of their games but in order to get a full understanding of it mm -hmm. you had to go outside the game to read blog posts and mm. stories and all of this kind of thing i really 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 wish someone would come up with a cohesive timeline of this happened and then and this then this and, and you know yeah mm -hmm. but sony online entertainment soe is no longer sony online entertainment they are now daybreak games hmm what does this possibly mean? Well, I think it's because a lot of people were like, we want to play Planetside 2 on the Xbox One because Planetside 2 is being retooled and re-released for the PlayStation 4. 
makes sense. It's Sony. Except the whole point of so many people asking for it on Xbox One and Sony going, mm, but we're Sony, you can't do that. Keep in mind that Sony Online Entertainment wasn't a original Sony studio. It was originally Verant Interactive, the guys that came up with EverQuest 1. Mm -hmm. Sony bought them. So they never actually developed EQ1 from the beginning. They came in about a mm -hmm. year later. Um, EverQuest 1 was actually 989 Studios, if you remember those guys. Uh, so I think it's a majority of having that ability to go and do whatever console they feel like. And also, they were never much for the Sony family of companies. Red-headed stepchild. <laughs> yeah, they were always kind of off doing their own thing and not really... It's, it, it's really interesting to see Sony as an organization now because I feel like they're getting rid of not only just Sony Online Entertainment, but in Canada we've just saw the entire removal of all the Sony stores, which is a pretty big and substantial thing. I know we're moving to an online market now, Right. But um, it's interesting to see if Sony is really only going to focus on the PlayStation and maybe televisions and that's it, or if we're going to see other products come from Sony anymore. Well, thing to remember about Sony is all of their companies are run independently of each other. Sony stores, like the retail presence, doesn't have anything to do with their television development, R&D product, production, none of that stuff. Same with Sony Motion Pictures. Um, okay, I can see the, that. The Sony Lynx yeah. thing is like, yeah. Sony main kept telling Sony Motion Pictures to do all these things. It's just like there were massive arguments between the two. Yeah. And it's yeah. That it, it, even though it says Sony, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, Sony has their managers inside. Valid point, yeah. So... It, it, it's a interesting company to look at from that perspective mm -hmm. because everything's independent of each other. So how does anything actually get done? Just the, the, the brand is such a empowering... Like, as soon as you see the word Sony, you, you automatically think of everything Sony right. as one encompassing body, uh, body. So when you see Sony on the online entertainment being bought out it almost makes you think well what's happening to the rest of sony but it's really just but it's really just soe and that's SOE, another thing yeah. to remember their identity was not sony online entertainment their identity was soe mm -hmm. like yeah. on their on their business cards it wouldn't say sony online entertainment it just had the soe um rectangle logo and then in small print mm -hmm. below it said sony yeah. online entertainment so really they were soe not Sony. The thing, I, the thing I keep thinking of is, what does this mean for EverQuest next? Because, like, that is massive, and it's going to take a lot of money. It's like, is it just being funded by the um, landmark thing now? Or it's sort of... Yeah, I mean, what does it mean for the future of that? From my understanding, they were bought up by a development or, or venture capital firm 
Same guys who own, or at least one of the guys owns harmonics. Okay. So they're no they're no stranger to the video game world. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, harmonics is um, which one is it? Is it Guitar Hero or Rock Band? That's Rock Band. They're 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 the ones behind Rock Band. Yeah. Um. So they've been around. They've been extremely successful over the years with their with their Rock Band stuff. So they know the game. Um, all of their IP remains with Daybreak Games, not Sony. And from my understanding, all of their assets and all of the people, like no one's getting fired or laid off or anything like that from this one. Um, so it seems like it's a really, I don't want to say negative. It's not like a hostile takeover. It's... Mm -hmm. Seems like it was it was something that was worked out behind closed doors for a while, and it finally decided to announce it. Um, and I think a majority of that is because they want the money from the place from the Xbox One guys. Mm -hmm. What that means Wait. for EverQuest Next and Landmark, well, those are probably gonna be out on consoles as well. Reason why I say that is. It's the same engine as Planetside 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's not a trivial matter to take a PC game that was originally designed for PC and turn it into a console game. But when you have another project that already uses the engine that's already done it, makes it a hell of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, I honestly think it's a good thing I just hope it doesn't turn into we must have microtransactions all over the place even <laughs> more so than they already do yep. I know yeah. there's a, a little bit of controversy with H1Z1 their um, daisy spin on I, I don't want to call it an MMO but zombie survival massive badness fest I think we've all heard yeah. the stories about their release attempt as well. Well, the the, 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 the the pay to win thing is a nothing. It's it's like the, the my only problem with with that was there were so many tweets from all of the high end people like mm -hmm. Smedley, the the senior, um, the basically the head honcho at what was then called SOE now Daybreak, saying yeah. there will not be any pay to win. Well, all of a sudden, I can pay to win to have ah stuff airdropped next to me. Except you can't. Okay. <laughs> Did they go the in and switch it around again? No, no. The airdrops aren't meant... F the problem was, very early on, there was a bug which meant the airdrop landed directly by the person. The airdrop isn't meant to land anywhere near you and is basically meant to be pay to chaos because it signals where the airdrop is dropping miles from where you are and, and it attract, makes a lot of noise, attracts zombies, attracts all the other players, and it's basically meant to be a mad sort of, I want to cause some excitement the, uh, right now. The, the Hunger Games rush for the cornucopia. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and okay. so it's not a pay-for-win situation at all. It's a pay-for-possible-rewards if you can get there in time. The only problem was, yeah, early Let's Players found a bug where... It basically lands on your head and sometimes squashes you. But <laughs> <laughs> apart from that risk, 
yeah, apparently they fixed the drop now, and it's fine. I had some some severe issues with that. I logged in um, probably about 10 hours after it launched. I noticed it wasn't playing at the right resolution, so I pressed Escape to bring up the mm -hmm. game menu. A little placeholder graphic that said Game Menu <laughs> was there. Like, I couldn't even exit the game. I had to Alt F4 out of it. <laughs> Insert text here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I realize this is, you know, early, early, access. early access stuff, but come on. <laughs> no menus at all? And oh, ever good. since then, I kind of just got bored with it and haven't really <laughs> logged back in since because I just don't want to deal with it. Well, I'm amazed zombie survival things are still going on. I mean, there have been so I many know. of them now. Yeah, that's and it's like, the other side of the coin is, really, a zombie survival game again? This is dying, dying Light is selling thing, really well. And this whole pandemic virus thing seems to be making yeah. a run through it now as well. I'm just waiting for the day where it can be like, okay, we're just going to put you in the box and cover the lid. <laughs> <laughs> and put you on the shelf in a nice seal tight locked security safed building underground. Actually, that would be a good point. Why feet. hasn't anyone made a early quarantine? What are they called? Um, the guys who come around, the disease control people. Why hasn't anyone made an early zombie outbreak one where you've got to be a disease control guy going, oh crap, wait, <laughs> lock them away, lock them away. <laughs> it's just that would be a really good one if like XCOM but zombie outbreaks. I kind of like that. Get on just, that game game companies. It's like Farm Simulator running after everything, trying to make it work. More like Whack-A-Mole, but with zombies. Whack-A-Mole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> oh, Sony, Sony, Sony. Um, that's the other thing now, is they're not going to be accountable by Sony, so... Does that mean that we might see a change in high management, like, say, Smedley? Because, to be honest, he's the one that said the most stupid stuff over the years <laughs> with, that, with that company. Does that mean we're, we're going to potentially see him go away because of just the PR side of things? Because the VC guys can depending upon what the contract says, uh, can go in and say, look, you're, you're, you're just causing more harm than good. It's going to be hard for me to comment on that because I don't really know many of the... Um, yes, you do. You played Star Wars Galaxies, right? Okay, yes, I do remember that one. That was <laughs> a lot of fun, actually, and I'm so Smedley depressed. Smedley was it. responsible for the NGE. Oh, okay. Now that makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> That clears things up. NGE and CU. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that, that was him. We... Okay. At, at the time, he was a, I believe, senior producer. So he was the guy in charge of the game. And somehow screwed that up royally. And that's the reason why people left. Yikes. All of a sudden, everyone could be a Jedi instead of having to take the thousand hour. Yeah quest series that wasn't even labeled as a quest and you know happen to die and not be a jedi anymore mm -hmm. so yeah 
Smedley has a lot of... I don't want to bash the guy because he's also come out with some decent stuff, but at the same time, some of the things he says is just really, really like, oh, God, why did you say that? Well, so. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility for people, PR people to be able to shut up the guys in charge. I mean, look at Activision. Have you heard anything from Bobby Kotick in years? It's like, for a while, he was talking every two seconds, and everyone was going, God, I hate Activision. And then somehow, the PR guys went, no, look, Bobby, shut up. Yeah. Don't say anything. And he hasn't said anything in years. And people moved on to hating EA, because they also say stupid things. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you know what? Oh, speaking because of EA... I forgot about... We, we need to have a, a hate on EA session here. Yay! The new Need for Speed game has a fuel mechanic in it, so you need to stop and refuel your, your car. Hmm. You don't pay for fuel, do you? You can pay for fuel. Oh, no! <laughs> That's so bad! Microtransaction for filling up your fuel tank oh, in-game. No. Oh, that's amazing! That's all that's I'm gonna incredible. say. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Wow! You know what? I hope they do that for Flight Simulator. <laughs> because that would be just amazing. Yeah, except you'd be able to like refuel that. in flight. Oh. If you paid well, and a, like another plane yeah. drove up beside you and needed a mid-air refueling, that would be well. Yeah, I can well, see that for a military, but, but not for yeah, like American Airlines here. Yeah, a triple seven does not have a, an inflate no. refueling port on the top. Although that would be kind of hilarious. It could be probably installed, but I don't think so. No, oh yeah, of course it could be installed. Air Force One, which is a seven forty-seven four hundred, yeah. has one. So yeah. they could do it if they wanted to, but... Or you could get one of those brilliant 1950s nuclear planes that they designed. Oh, they've God. got a wonderful... They, they work by... They've got a reactor in the back, and it sucks air in the front, superheats it in the reactor, which causes it to expand, and they pump it out the back. Only problem is, turns out radiation's really dangerous. So all <laughs> the air coming out the back of those things had this tendency to kill everyone underneath. <laughs> Apart from that. See that, just see that taking off and people standing behind the fence line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at that Bob, one airport. Why is everyone glowing? That that one airport down in the Caribbean. Saint yeah, where it's like the highway is right there. Yeah. And people hang on for dear life to get blasted from the oh, wow. from the wash. Yeah, that wouldn't end well. Actually, there's a pretty hilarious. I know we're getting way off topic now, but there's when a pretty hilarious, <laughs> a pretty hilarious <laughs> video of an aircraft spooling up. And well, okay, it's not funny that she what she does, but she grabs onto the fence, <laughs> and you can just see her legs that start to lift off the ground, and no, she's no. just holding onto the fence for <laughs> dear life. And just as the the aircraft spools to max, she lets go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She takes off herself and hits the cement right on her face, or hits the curb ah, right on her face. Ah, ah. It's Idiots. just mm, idiot. Yeah. Hey, bring, bring us back on topic. Looks like uh, they are not lacking for money at all. Rock Band apparently has made over a billion in sales, yeah. and that's not including the 
downloadable content. So yeah, they are not hurting for money. And I don't imagine rock band games actually cost much to make compared to most genres. Well, e- even with... Um, License. Because I don't want to turn this into a rock band's making money because it's a separate <laughs> separate thing. Yeah, but it'll with, go With that being said, I'm kind of guilty of paying 10 bucks to unlock weapons in Planet Side 2. <laughs> on several you know occasions. What? But do you enjoy playing it, though? Do you enjoy playing? Oh, I, I enjoy playing it. Don't so get me wrong. So I think that the cost is justifies the worth. Although, personally, me, I think it would be much more fun to try to earn the weapon or go back to it Planet Side One style. Way too long to. Try I mean, it's also stuff. it's it's free to play. That's their business model. That yep. you you you're yep. just all you're doing. You're keeping the game going. It's like doing mm-hmm. your part. Well done. And it's like. So I, I don't think they're hurting for money at all. Even when yeah. I was playing EverQuest 2 and the cash shop was first introduced and they had some really cool looking stuff in there, I bought it just because of the looks. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Daybreak Games, DBG, DBG is uh, hurting for cash either. I think they did it mostly so they could not be under the the Sony. It's only yeah. going to be on the PlayStation Four, which makes complete sense. I've never understood exclusivity. It's just like for the games developer, it makes no sense. I can understand it from Sony's point of view because yeah. they're the one making the console. But well, they were also gonna... advertising the heck out of PS2 on PS4. Hmm. So. Interesting times ahead for them. Yeah. Um, is the thing about... Oh, I forget his name. Uh, head of Activision. Is he the reason why we seem to have a new uh, Battlefield every single That's year? That's EA rather than... Well, okay, there, be, there's okay. the COD versus Battlefield. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's part of the Sorry, not, not Battlefield, but oh, um, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, I meant yeah. Call, Call of Duty. Of, the Activision's business model is just to pump out <laughs> sequels every year. Mm-hmm. And they, apart from with, uh, related to Roman, actually, apart from with Guitar Hero, which is when they did five per year, <laughs> and completely oversaturated the market, destroying yeah. anyone's interest in that game. <laughs> They're usually pretty good with it. I mean, it's taken a very long time for people to get bored of Call of Duty. And even then, the last one did really well again. It was like yeah, Call of Duty Ghosts, which was... massively. Well, Call of Duty Ghosts was the 2013 one. And that was the first to have sold worse than the previous lot. Right. And... But then, like, well, Call also, of Duty Advanced Warfare blew it out of the water. <laughs> it's like... You, you also have to remember who developed ghost was that treyarch or was that the other one or the other other one because i know they now have a third development ah, team working i think on it's Call the other other one Let's see because the treyarch ones are usually solid i've never been a big fan of the treyarch ones yeah. not um i mean it's just i compared them all to obviously um oh wow okay apparently call of duty ghosts is raven software and never soft raven software oh really cool developer did like return to castle wolfenstein right. back in the day they did 
Uh, all the oh, Elite Quake. Force Voyager games. Quake. Oh, Elite I'm Force is that's amazing. not better then. Uh, but then again, they're mostly PC shooters. <clears throat> yeah. And hmm. Strange. Yeah. I thought that it is was... Weird. I, I, I didn't play it um, because I just don't like those style it's, of games much. It, but... It's funny that you don't see the logo come up when you launch the game. I feel like you'd notice that more frequently. Or at least I would because I play a lot of COD. I'm what? sorry, you called it a fish. Hmm? What? You, you called it a cod. <laughs> it's, oh. just, it's allowed to be called cod everywhere. Oh, excuse me, I, call I, of duty. I just don't in that, like... The, in that case, yeah. you're not allowed to call Warcraft WoW because it's just an exclamation. It's wow! Like, yeah. Wow! wow. <laughs> Admittedly, WoW is a better one than cod because yeah. it's like, wow, it's wow. Whereas cod's like, yeah. It's a fish. <laughs> it's a fish. Uh, but yeah, uh, what? Oh, right, no. Apparently it was published by Square Enix in Japan, that's weird. What? Yeah, apparently Call of Duty Ghost published by Square in Japan. What, what is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't make any, well, no. no, it actually does kind of make sense, but I thought Activision had a yeah. business presence in Japan already. I don't know. Don't know what to think anymore. My my mind is blown. Raven is like one of my favorite shooter developers. They did. They they've uh, done a lot of good ones. They did bloody uh, Jedi Academy mm-hmm. and all the, the Dark Force. It's like what what these guys are brilliant. Maybe I should pick up Ghost. Maybe it's actually good. <laughs> well, you can uh, send my buddy Paul at Twitter at I am apropos and uh, ask him. He's a huge Call of Duty guy. Okay. Now, Call of Duty Ghost was the first one I didn't buy. Mm. And apparently I wasn't alone in that. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it is Activision's business model to pump out annual sequels of everything. Yeah. It's just like a $70 yearly subscription to Call of Duty. On top of the $70 premium pass for Call of Duty. (laughs) Because that's what they do with the DLCs. They come out with the season pass. I've never bought one of the DLCs. Except the season pass doesn't cover all the DLC, so you don't get it all anyways, even though you buy a season pass. Yeah, really. Weren't they talking about paying for reloads as well, similar to the Need for Speed fuel thing? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know they were going to put that option in actually you know oh. what we're facing a very similar thing to need for speed fuel uh, well the fuel problem um, Dovetail Games actually took over um, the re-release of Flight Simulator X which came out in 2006 and republished the exact same version of Flight Simulator X to work with Windows 8.1 made some modifications to the code but it's the exact same simulator but they seem to be introducing this market. Even though you have to buy the game, you have to buy add-on content, which we already do with when we yeah. buy add-on uh, the like planes. Packs and planes and stuff, <clears throat> but yeah. they're taking their business model towards this item market sort of similar thing, which is just frustrating everyone because as it is, the flight sim community costs a lot of money. And now when you have... A company coming in and making these little microtransactions that just what's going to be in, the their, in their cash shop though 
Um, it's really hard to tell. Uh, Microsoft released Microsoft Flight, I think, around 2010, and you would buy each area to unlock the game. Yes. Microsoft Flight Simulator was an open world. Now, when they released Flight, it was, okay, you can fly in Hawaii for $40. Oh, you want to fly in Alaska? <laughs> Pay another $20. Oh, you want to fly in Canada? Oh, sorry, we haven't created content because our studio shut down. So I, I will uh, say though that I did fly around in the Hawaii area and it was extremely detailed. Yes, much it, more so than than uh, a, another flight sim that I've flown previous. Like blew I, all the others out of the water. Yeah, and it, that's the nice thing about creating a specific area is the developers can take more time developing one specific area, but when you come and you look at the flight sim community as it is, we're more interested in being able to fly around the world. We want the beautiful things, we want the beautiful scenery, we want the beautiful planes, we want the realism, we want everything. But it's not physical with today's technology. But we're getting there, and if Dovetail enters this microtransaction market, we're going to lose a lot of people in the Microsoft Flight Simulator realm. If we see where X-Plane is going and Lockheed Martin, uh, an educational program, there will be a lot more interest in those ones, and I think Dovetail will see a steep decline, and I think a lot of developers will just pull out of that immediately, unless they just continue to enhance it and make it better, then we might stay. But it's it's really hard to tell, and I know this is different for some people who are not well-versed in, in not Flight Simulator as it is, but to me, I mean, I'm very just... passionate about it. It's... Graphics, graphical improvements from title to title are incre uh, the increases in graphical detail between each title is decreasing each time as it becomes more expensive to develop these games. But the mm -hmm. features provided are always becoming less or locked behind some kind of paywall. There right. will come a point where people just go, you know, you know what, I'm good with this one. It's got everything. That's it's just like, yeah. I'm not going to buy the new one. Mm -hmm. And we. That just will happen. It's just an inevitability. We see that a lot, and with the, the development of add-ons by third-party developers, that's mm. where it's, a, it's the reverse. We see um, people or, or uh, developers creating really highly detailed, specific content. So, for example, the 737 by Boeing, uh, commonly flown by Delta, WestJet, um, other German airlines. It's like the number one produced plane yes. or something like that. I think one takes off or ten take off every second. Um, it's These companies specifically detail this aircraft to an incredible amount of detail and every year it gets more detailed and more detailed and better and better as our systems are able to maintain the level of detail. That's a $40 plane as an add-on. Uh, oh no, not even. It's more like 70 or 80 Oh, sometimes oh, wow. like the the triple seven I bought was ninety dollars. The expansion wow. was an additional twenty dollars. Oh. It's in, like these these aircraft are I remember very them being specific. a lot cheaper than that. It's but cheaper, it's been a but ton of years since I've looked and my head. These are study aircraft. These you would buy this aircraft if you wanted to learn how to fly a triple seven in real life. Not mm. saying this is the exact. This is <laughs> take this and you'll be able to fly one. It's use this and practice what you're mm -hmm. learning. It's down to the detail where every single button does something to the plane and it impacts the aircraft when you fly it. It's modeled the exact same 
everything looks the same. Um, some airlines create different things for their aircraft, but um, every every switch does something like the the checklist. You have a checklist in the center console to the radio navigation to tuning that little tiny knob, and uh, the sounds there. Uh, it's not just one sound when you turn it. They record 10 different options of turning that exact same knob. So when you switch the knob, it's a different sound each time. <laughs> it's just incredible, incredible detail. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing about mm -hmm. all these add-ons, not just in Flight Simulator, but in, um, uh, I don't know, StarCraft II. I just read that article today about World of Warcraft, and we were talking about that earlier, Ariel. Um, yeah you can create very specific things and if you can get a base simulator that someone's willing to just say okay I'm gonna create this base sandbox for you let's bring in all these developers and create the content to put into it that's awesome and that's what X-Plane does it's based right. on outside developers whereas Dovetail is taking Flight Simulator yeah. a, a classic program and turning it into a microtransaction market which is scaring a lot of people and Always make not... your game mod friendly. It's just <laughs> you will increase the the, the lifespan of that thing by. I mean, people are still playing Neverwinter Nights, the original game from like two thousand and two, I think it was. Yeah, I was yeah. playing that the other day because, and they're still releasing mods for it because it's such an easily modified game. It's like. Oh, it's the same thing with uh, what is it called? Uh, Star Trek. Um, I was going to call it Elite really Dangerous. Elite <laughs> Force. <laughs> Star Trek. Um, you. It's the Voyager one. You mentioned it earlier. Elite Force. Elite yeah. Force. By, yeah. I love. By I, still, I still play that one today because I love being able to go around Voyager. You can't mm -hmm. do that in any other game. The amount of detail they put into that is amazing. Mm. It's going back. So it. Yeah didn't even watch Star Trek and I loved that game. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just a good game. It was a good game. They did a really good job of it. So, But uh, yeah, that's my rant of Flight Simulator for, for the podcast. But it's the microtransaction market that's, that's scaring me. Yeah. Are you going to have to pay to file your flight plans? Oh, I hope not. Because <laughs> that would really suck. Pay for the second wing. <laughs> you know what? It's it's going to be pay to file your flight uh, flight plan, pay to talk to ATC, pay to park at the airport, <laughs> pay for the gas, pay to load your passengers, pay for the the amount of time that you've de been delayed while staying on the parking lot, and then uh, pay to take off, pay to land. If you don't have enough money to land, then you're screwed. Um, <laughs> it's all of these. Micro no, we'd never see that, but. Um, what I could see is maybe making specific areas, and if they do that, then I think it, it, I'm going to stick with an old simulator for the rest of time. <laughs> yep. What if they do, uh, you get generic scenery, but if you want the high detailed, you have to pay whatever. You know what? There, there's a whole bunch of add-on uh, yeah, developers that create add-on scenery. They create add-on airports. They create add-on weather. Yeah, texture packs, yeah, there, there are already companies that do that. And we have to use those because we're working with an engine that's comparing Planet Side 1 to Planet Side 2. Right. We're working on the Planet Side 1 realm here. The graphics are outdated. We So that's why the developers have created these upgrades, and we use those until, well, some time in the future if someone wants to create a new flight simulator. 
but the coding is just so horrible <laughs> that <laughs> Flight Simulator runs awful on our computers because Microsoft did not do a good job coding. I remember a time when Microsoft could actually make a good game. <laughs> yeah, we games for Windows. <laughs> yeah! I'm thinking more like Windows 95, 98. Way oh. before games for Windows Live. I remember Windows XP and pinball and bowling, 3D bowling. Pinball was actually made by Maxis. Oh, really? Really? If you went into the help about, it would pop up with the Maxis logo. That's amazing. Yep. Do you remember the the 3D bowling game? Kind of, yeah. That was so much fun. I'm... I'm thinking more like um, Flight Sim for Windows 98, which was amazing. Um, Windows 2000 still has the Twin Towers in it. They well, removed Age them of Empires from... Microsoft. Age of yes, Empires. it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Age of Empires was great. There was also the one... They had one where it was a submersible watercraft that would... You could go underwater, and then you could also go on top of the water and kind of hover... Forget the name of it, but I played the hell out of that thing. I think it was like I do remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember it. Dark Shark or something. Uh, not the mm-hmm. one I was thinking. Of something like that. But I played hours. I mean, it was, you know, it was an R8 game, but I played that for hours. Also, um, Crimson Skies. I love that. Crimson game. Skies Xbox of no, the original. No, 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 no. Oh, the new one. Crimson Skies High Road to Revenge was a sequel for Crimson Skies. Wasn't that basically just MechWarrior Biplane Edition? Yes. I and never it played it. It was awesome. <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah. The, I have to show you this. You're thinking, Corey's thinking of um, Crimson Skies High Road to Revenge. Which High I, Road to Revenge, yes. Which I also played. That was an Xbox exclusive, oh my but that was, that was still an, amazing an awesome game. game. Yeah. Was that a Microsoft game studio? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Yep. So, uh, no, sorry. It oh. is Microsoft Game Studios, but there is an additional studio, so I'm not sure okay, who it so is. Okay, so they farmed it out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, PC gaming is not dead, but Microsoft, could you please start making some games again? <laughs> it's just... But make them right, though, please. Like... Really yeah. go through your code yeah. and make sure they are optimized to play on. on the- oh, just they think of the fun. money they could make if they made a good, solid, well-programmed engine and said, "Yep, here's our answer to Unreal." Well, you know. That'd oh yeah, great. that's. Yeah. And we you know what? They could even to... incorporate. They could incorporate it on Windows 10 and the Xbox One, and players could play together. There, done deal. Yep. They'll they'll never do cross-platform it's they've unless tr- they are- they've tried it a couple of times and nine times out of ten the keyboard mouse guys slaughter say, the console they, guys. unless they make keyboard and mouse which is completely doable available on an xbox one they They're did fixed. it on the original xbox the original xbox okay. that, that funky controller port yeah it was usb that's all hey, it was right. You... Well, I mean, the, X, the Xbox 360 is just USB controller ports, so it's well, completely yeah. doable. Yeah, they, they could if they wanted to. Yeah, don't I don't know why they're so against it. Are they I worried, think like, they're... Maybe for the, the competitive off? play or multiplayer or something like that, but even then, if you don't price it out of the 
like the the keyboard for the Dreamcast that was like a hundred bucks or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So if you don't make it a ridiculous cost, <laughs> then more well, people just, will use it. Any old keyboard will do. Just let people plug it. In. Some kind of adapter. Yeah. yeah. You can plug in a Xbox One or Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty control into the computer. Uh, into yeah. the computer yeah. now. Yeah, I have the wireless dongle that. somewhere around behind my mess of cables. <laughs> I got controller right here. My controller's really in a bloody docking thing. station across the hall. But yeah. Couldn't imagine playing Saints Row without a controller. That fly would be so... Because Saints Row, Gat Out of Hell, the new one, it's got a really good flying system. It's really fun. But it would be really difficult on a keyboard and mouse, I imagine, because... Um, <laughs> You've got, well, they're, they're wings, so you flap them, and you've only got, like, five flaps before you get too tired. But what you do is you <laughs> aim yourself down to pick up momentum, oh and my. then you pull oh yourself wow. up, and it's just, it's really fun to do, just getting from one end of the city to the other, because, yeah, you can do it, and you just sort of, you could also run up the sides of buildings to pick up height, so it's like, <laughs> it's just so fun. It's just like, <laughs> and occasionally misjudge and splat, but apart from that, it's great. <laughs> I've never misjudged and splattered, but I imagine it is possible. And yeah, really fun game. I'll have to uh, try that out at some point. Although I usually wait until they come out with their here's all the DLC wrapped up into one well, bundle. They're doing that. It's coming out pretty soon. It's because uh, it's not actually it's an expansion for Saints Row Four. Oh, so it's only I thought like, it was a separate game. No, it's it's a uh, it's fifteen pounds. And I think it's only fifteen dollars as well. Because fifteen we get pounds, so it'll be eight hundred dollars US. <laughs> it's just nah, it's usually the same in dollars as it is in pounds on Steam, so yeah. you just get a really good deal and we get screwed over. So like... <laughs> I thought they had um the the conversion in place now on Steam. Uh, or maybe it's it, GOG does. It's probably by publisher by publisher for. for it's Steam. just easier to change the symbol than it is to change the price. Therefore, you pay. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzard's the worst for it because they often charge more in pounds yes. than they do in yeah. dollars. It's the conversion. Yeah. Speaking of money, the Digital Critical Gameathon 2015 happened. We raised hey! over $300 to support Able Gamers, so I thank everyone for coming out to donate. If you haven't donated, we can still donate. I haven't turned off the link to donate, but it's, um, I'm raising, I am raised, raised.in something or other. I'll put we'll it put in the We'll put a link under the uh, yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, I'll put a link in there somewhere. But you can also go to uh, digitalcritalgaming.com slash gameathon. And um, it's got the link there. We raised over 300 bucks for Able Gamers, so that will help give people that have physical disabilities controller support. And they help build custom controllers for people that need it. All the way to helping developers code in um, colorblind modes. WoW just had their colorblind stuff redone. Yeah, they had it expanded. Yeah, they had a huge, 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 huge colorblind expansion. Um, and that helps out quite a lot of people. Um, we play with a couple of guys that have some some color issues, shall we, shall we say, and uh, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff would help them out a great deal. Um, so thanks for everyone who came out and watched 
Thanks for coming out to donate. Spread the word and spread the love. But, other than playing a heck of a lot of Elite Dangerous and their really <laughs> weird way of wanting people to test out their beta, <laughs> it's... I'm facepalming right now if you're listening to the audio and not watching us on, on Twitch. <laughs> Double facepalming, even. Um, so, one of the things with them is you could, if you were a beta backer before, if you didn't buy retail and you bought it when it was on Kickstarter or, or before it came out, um, then you were a permanent beta backer and could always play the latest and greatest beta versions of the expansions that are coming out in the patches. They're coming out with a 1.1 patch in the next, I think, two weeks. Um, which is awesome because it's a ton of bug fixes and things that they needed to uh, get squared away with a bunch of quality of life things like the nav computer now computes out to a thousand light years instead of just a hundred light years. Excuse me. So that's a huge change. Uh, they fixed a bunch of graphical issues, uh, doing some balance issues, things like that. But if you wanted to help test that out, you get to start all over. There, there's no copying your save over to the test stuff. And the problem with that is a lot of the stuff they want to test is on the higher-end ships that you have to work like three weeks in order to get the cash to get. So, lesson here. If you want people to actually test your stuff, give them the ability to actually test your stuff. Don't give them the level one character with the crap gear just like as if they first made their account. You know, I'm not saying you have to give them the, the best, but at least give us a medium. Something to at least fly around and play with and go, hey, this doesn't quite work right. Instead of giving us, you know, a starter Sidewinder in LHS3447, which is the worst system in the world <laughs> to start out in because everything's way too far spread out. But, I don't know. What they need to do is set up a blue space frog. Yes, if any uh, of you a beta know, buffer. Yes. <laughs> a beta buffer. Just have this little floating blue frog in the space. You know, if they gave us, like, I don't know, um, they use credits in that game for their in-game currency. If they gave us, like, 200 million credits at least, so that way we could go out and... You could just test anything. It's just like... Yeah. yeah. Or, or make everything cost uh, uh, one credit or, yeah. you know, something like yeah. that. Then I would <laughs> be a lot better off and i'd actually play your beta it would allow Probably. people the chance to try all the different items interact yeah. with different things mm -hmm. and more testing equals more good it's just like yeah of course you're gonna no get that. those you're gonna get those people that want to have the best ship with the best stuff in it but you're also going to get those people that are going to actually take the time and try all the different um right. different configurations test it for themselves mm -hmm. test it for the game Plus, like I said, a lot of these balance fixes, they're for the higher-end ships like the Pythons, some stuff for the Anacondas, and those are two of the most expensive ships in the game. Also, I mean, these ships, from what I gathered from you guys talking, they all handle pretty differently, don't they? Yes. So yes. it would give people a chance to 
find out which ship they like in advance, like test drive them, and then get them back, and then actually know which one they're working towards in the actual game. Mm-hmm. So, apart from the obvious point where the devs forget to put it back to uh, the actual price rather than one credit for the best ship, I can't see a downside to this one. And, and <laughs> yeah. their their test stuff is in its own separate patcher and all of that, mm-hmm. so even if they did forget, it's not going to hurt live servers in any way. But this has always been my big sticking stickling point with developers who have test servers and test realms and stuff like that. Um, I know in EverQuest 2, they gave a 50% bonus to all XP, which was fine, except there was no one to play with. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Warcraft just when I because I did quite a lot of beta testing for Mists of Pandaland. Pandaland. Uh, Pandaland. And yeah, I found out in that that I really liked level eighty-five Hunter. I never actually managed to get one to level eighty-five because uh, level twenty on Hunter is really dull. But yes. well, <laughs> level like twenty on almost any character in that game is pretty dull. Yeah, I'll go. Look, but Hunter, especially, I've never managed to get a Hunter to like level 40 because it's just it's, i don't know it's just it seems stale at that level compared to warlock and paladin and monk which oh it is gets better though it gets better otherwise. yeah I, I know it gets better i've tried it out thanks to that beta <laughs> thing it's like i went around the goblin hunter throughout that beta and it was brilliant well you know I if just... you throw 90 dollars the problem you'd get a solution yeah i may have to do that at some point i 60 Bloody Warcraft! It's like I was never going to do that, and then suddenly, because they gave us that free one, I did it that one time, and it's just like, oh, oh, that was so much easier. Yes. Bastards. Yes. <laughs> Let's like... cut through all the crap. Yeah. It's just ah, and it's got my professions as well. It wouldn't be worth it if it hadn't done the professions as well, but because it, you don't have to level the professions. It's just like mm-hmm. ah, that's brilliant. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I am sorely tempted to do it again, and I just know I will. And it's only a matter of time. Hunters are fun. God, Blizzard, just stop it. Stop taking my money. <laughs> or continue taking his money, because that means you're doing a good job. <laughs> I know. So manipulative. No, manipulated. Manipulated. You're, you're the manipulee, and they're yeah. the manipulator. Yeah. Manipulator, excuse me. Hey, there's a Mikey in Twitch chat. So we had um, uh, packs. Oh, I don't know what what packs did we just have. There's so many packs. Packs south. Packs Pax south. Pax south. Down in Austin. <clears throat> packs south. East is coming up next month. Our lovely Roberts Space Industries had some very interesting mm-hmm. details about the upcoming visions of Star Citizen. And it was pretty interesting. If you're interested, visit robertsspaceindustries.com, or also known as Star Citizen. Uh, you can check out their update, as I already said. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out the town hall, that's what it was called, um, about their ideas for the future of Star Citizen. And we see some amazing, amazing concepts, some really cool 
ideas, um, first-person shooters, um, walking in and outside of your spaceship, landing, uh, some of the concepts for some new worlds. Um, the Persistent new... Universe stuff. Persistent Universe, yes. Uh, the thing that intrigued me the most, which was incredible, is the travel through warp speed, uh, well, whatever you want to call it, I call it warp speed. Um, the the universe it's just it's it's incredible and it, i think you really need to sit down and watch the whole 15 minute town hall which is worth your time you get to see the uh the almighty leader of of uh, star citizen up on stage uh giving a demonstration did he go this is bullshit <laughs> i don't remember that but Aww. um the the this is bullshit thing relates to the very first public showing of arena commander at pax east last year <laughs> where it didn't work he puts down the controller <laughs> in disgust and just goes this is bullshit <laughs> and then it became a meme for star citizen and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i realized that i only saw town hall one so i think i have town hall two and town hall three to get caught up on but uh, we also touched a little bit on Moby Glass, which is their concept of Oh, that splays. looks so good. It does. I am so looking forward to having that thing on my arm to be able to view the different menus. Yep. The augmented reality of the weapon store is amazing. Being able to walk through um, and have your visor on and you can see all the different information about all the weapons without having to have signage beside each weapon. Mm -hmm. Um the cool thing about the, the arm was, if you're looking at a menu, people can actually see what you're looking at. If right. you have it on your visor, then it's more private. But it can, it's an interesting concept. If you're in a weapon store searching for a weapon, and your enemy is right behind you looking at the screen of the weapon you're <laughs> buying, <laughs> that's probably not a good thing. You're going to probably want to use that augmented reality. But the or concept a really good is pretty thing, cool. If like, you just scroll over some huge weapon you can't quite afford, you could bluff them out. <laughs> there you go <laughs> this is the one i'm researching and i'll just get the polar opposite yeah. and yeah but uh their, their concept of the menu system is great um the it'll be nice to see i i think sin you can talk more about their upcoming update than i can because i don't really know much about it or their their plans for the coming months here um fps is coming around PAX East time. And Sorry, when is PAX, PAX East? Is in June-ish, may -ish? March. March? Okay. March. Beginning of oh, March. Oh, I'm thinking... What one is in June? Or am I thinking of um, CES? Uh, I think I might be thinking about CES. CES is in January. We need a PAX then Europe. The other Why one? is there no PAX Europe? There's PAX Australia. I know, I'm... I'm <laughs> That's even uh, further June, away. I think that's PAX Prime in Seattle. Although I could oh, be mistaken be. on that one. Yeah, PAX Prime is in Seattle. No, the time frame. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, or... uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out from them as far as more modules than just the um, flight stuff. FPS is coming out shortly. And they're going to be starting to oh. heavily demo the Persistent Universe stuff, which is supposed to be end of this year. Sorry, I was thinking of E3. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Never mind. I'm less interested in E3. It's sort of 
E three is isn't really for me. It's I don't for like E three people in the industry. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes E three. <laughs> it's like from yeah, from what I understand, it's like only really the high up corporate people really like E three, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming from Star Citizen Elite Dangerous as well. We're gonna see hopefully some FPS and Elite Dangerous in the coming year. Um, there's a little bit more you can do in Elite Dangerous right now with flying in space and doing some of the, the in-game content, going to different stations, being able to actually fly in a built uh, universe. Um, we're still in our little arena and our little instanced area when we're playing on, on Star Citizen, and hopefully we'll be able to expand that universe uh, coming up later this year. I but hope... uh, again, there's, there's some awesome updates coming. Check out all the information on their website. It's something that uh, I hope everyone enjoys. It's I think it's going to be a, a ton of fun. Oh, and I want the buggy. <laughs> you don't have a great cat PTV yet. I don't even know how to get. It. I've been looking that all over their website. That one's in uh, Voyager Direct. And now, do you have to access Voyager Direct on the website, yes. or where we can talk? Okay, we can talk about this later. Yeah, you, you I go still don't have this. Voyager I need this. Direct through the website. And that oh. has all of your in-hangar stuff. So your hangar upgrades, posters, different weapons that you can try out on the test bed. Um, oh, okay. All the cosmetic stuff is all in Voyager Direct. Um, I think that does it for all of our discussion topics. Do you guys have anything else? Um, Homeworld Remastered is... is coming out. Homeworld Remastered is coming out. I am so <laughs> oh, excited. I'm looking forward to that. Homeworld I have a love-hate relationship game. with Homeworld. It's an RTS. I kind of suck at RTS, but it's Homeworld. It's it's so different from any other RTS, though. It's like I sucked I know at the it's original. A game. Hmm? I sucked at the original. Um, there's not much. I... Oh, but the ion cannon ships were so cool. <laughs> Well, yes, like, they were it's... cool. I still sucked at the game. <laughs> I really liked that game. I d- never actually tried multiplayer against random people, only against my brothers, so I don't know if, oh. like, I suck at that game or not, but I know I beat my brothers, so I'm going to say I was great at it. But anyway, Homeworld's amazing. Mm-hmm. Homeworld is amazing. In other news, Formula One's coming back. Melbourne, da, da, da. Melbourne, March 13th, free practice one. <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> Sports wheels! Sports wheels! Hopefully Codemasters will come out with a decent Formula One game this go around instead of that last atrocious thing that they tried to pawn off as a Formula One game. I'm not bitter about it at all. No. Mm-mm. Sports bad! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's just use the off-road dirt engine for a Formula One game. Yeah, that'll work. Sorry, but after the whole Superb Owl thing, I'm just not going to accept any sports without Dancing Sharks now. It's just... Oh, yeah, that's right. We have to have Dancing (laughs) Sharks in all of our sports games now. It would be Formula One with Dancing Sharks. That would be amazing. In, in the, the 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 shark can drive the safety car. The shark is the car. They're vaguely for shark shaped. It's just. Like... 
I can just see the Mercedes AMG CL 550, I think is what they use for the safety car. I can just see that painted a nice shade of blue with a shark fin sticking out of the top. <laughs> it would be amazing. Katy Perry driving. <laughs> no, I don't think she can drive it fast enough. Um, li- li- little little tip, if you haven't known, that safety car has to drive flat out in order to stay in front of the Formula One cars when it's deployed. Like, they're going at about 90 yeah. miles an hour around the track. It definitely, yeah, that it, <laughs> those things are not slow. But I think that's just about going to wrap it up for us here at Digital Critical Gaming. So for Corey, Andrew, Dan Bailey, and myself, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Be sure to check out DCG.com. We're going to have some more written stuff. I know Mikey just got a new HOTAS Thrustmaster HOTAS X. So he's going <laughs> to take some pictures for me and we can do a, a write-up on that. The funniest name, Joystick. <laughs> <laughs> Hands-on throttle and stick. That's what it means. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So for all of us here, thanks for subscribing. We're going to end this podcast on a funny note. Take us out, Scar Squeaker. Bye, everybody! <laughs> Bye! Bye, everyone!